She saw him leave that morning, but he didn't come back that afternoon. He didn't show up that night. Nobody heard from him. The teen's body was found in a rolled up gym mat in a high school in 2013. His death ruled accidental. Say my name and remember what you've done. Your hurricane has blackened out the sun. You can't continue to kill unarmed black people and get away with it. But if Kendrick did die of an accident, how, with all that distrust, how could you even ever show that? But then on the flip side is they didn't treat it like it, it could have been a homicide. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk announced officials were reopening the investigation. Only angle is to find justice for my son. You are currently listening to Ashes to Ash TV, season three, the investigation of Kendrick Johnson, episode 11, Reward. Wow, this has been a crazy couple of weeks for the Kendrick Johnson case. There have been so many twists and turns here, uh, and my head is spinning. For those of you who follow this case actively, I'm sure you already know some of these updates. And for those of you who don't, we will explain what's been happening over the last couple of weeks here. So hang on, it's going to be a bumpy ride. First, I need to rewind for just a second because I need to explain a little bit how we investigate these cases. When I first started this case, my first points of contact were obviously Kenneth and Jacqueline Johnson. And I reached out to them initially because they're the parents of KJ and we always wanna make sure the families are okay with us diving into their case. So Kenneth and Jacqueline Johnson, KJ's parents, initially really wanted to work on this with us and help us out with the investigation. Unfortunately, because we're considered to be more of a film slash series, they were already under contract for a film called Finding Kendrick Johnson in which they can't appear in another film or series until 2023. They only can appear in new segments. So this was rather unfortunate because we were hoping we could use them to help kick off the investigation. Now, this kind of agreement they had with the filmmaker of finding Kendrick Johnson isn't strange by any means. A lot of filmmakers do that because they just don't want to spend all this time and energy in a project and then have the subjects also do that project with someone else. And then that film comes out a month before yours and then you've lost all that money. So that wasn't strange by any stretch there, but is what it caused is us for us not to be able to work with Jackie and Kenneth on some of the details of this case. So one of the first things that we employed was trying to find other family members who are not under contract, and that's who we've been using to help facilitate some of the information we've got throughout these episodes. So the reason I'm telling you all this is because I really had some questions I wanted to ask Jacqueline and Kenneth, and I knew I was not going to be able to do that in a traditional interview since they're not allowed to do that. So I always was kind of looking for opportunities where the media could go to the different places that they were at so I could ask a few questions. And luckily, one of the events they had listed on the nine-year anniversary flyer for KJ's passing there was a Q&A listed on that. So my hope was to be able to go to that and ask the questions that I had for them to kind of see how they were feeling about the case. I'm in Valdosta, Georgia, and I am headed to the ninth annual event for Kendrick Johnson. The family throws an event every year around the time that he passed away to honor his memory, to make sure the case stays alive in the minds and hearts of the community. And I'm 
Hampshire just for their own self, just to kind of remember him. So anyways, I'm going to that all weekend. It starts tonight, which is Friday, watching the film Finding Kendrick Johnson. And then after that, there's a Q&A with the family. So it should be an interesting weekend overall. And hopefully I meet some more people, maybe getting some tips, and then also just be here also to honor KJ. Here we are, I've just arrived. So I'm gonna pop in and see uh, what's going on with the film and what the program is for tonight and get set up. Many people come to watch and support the film by bringing posters of KJ and wearing KJ t-shirts. begin and remember if you have questions raise your hand there's no problem questions are encouraged conversations encouraged uh, but we're going to begin in prayer all right if you will bow with me in prayer god our father we come to you at this time first wanted to offer a render thanks you've been the god almighty before we knew what we could be what we couldn't be we pray that we'll continue to glean the lessons you give us we pray that as we watch this documentary that we'll understand the lessons you're trying to give us that we'll be able to be better stewards of your kingdom and that we'll be able to be better people of the city of Austin as a community, as we rally together, support each other, be with one, each other, one another as we continue to fight this fight. That as we continue to fight this fight, we'll always look to you where our strength comes from because we know, dear God, our strength comes from you. Keep us, God, as a hold us as we continue to learn and glean these lessons and be better citizens. In the name of the one true God, we offer this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. amen. During the Q&A, I questioned Jackie, KJ's mother. Adults, 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 anyone a little bit older have any questions that you want to have answered? Yes, ma'am. Do you guys think that Sheriff Polk is taking it seriously? No, he's not taking it seriously. I heard just the other week that he said that he probably most likely will be coming out with whatever his findings was in the next week or so, so no. But I really don't because he hasn't been in contact with us or anything, so no. Do you think that he'll reclose the case then after he comes out with his new findings? Oh yeah, most definitely. That's what we're looking for. Thank you. Two weeks later. South Georgia Sheriff says the death of a high school student was an accident. There have been protests and demands for an arrest since that teenager was found in a wrestling mat nine years ago. Linda Lowndes County Sheriff says case closed. He says the death of student Kendrick Johnson in the gym of the Lowndes County High School here nine years ago was a tragic accident. Wednesday, he released this 16-page summary of his investigation. When you look through the whole file, you cannot find one thing that you would consider to be a criminal act. At the Q&A, I continue to ask more questions to Jackie. Does it concern you that he won't even talk to Dr. Anderson who did the second and third autopsies? No, this is what we expected from him. It's a town that has always stuck together in their bull crap. So no, this is nothing out of the ordinary for them. And uh, then does it concern you that Stride Jones was uh, an investigator on the initial case and then he's now one of the main investigators that Polk has in charge of it this time when it was reopened? That was just gonna be my next. No, because we understand how they, how they work. We already knew that. I mean, we asked the question too, how can somebody that helped cover up the case still be on the case to help uncover what they covered up. There's no way. I wasn't really surprised when Jackie's prediction about the case being closed within a few weeks came to fruition. 
I had kind of suspected this myself. I was hoping though that maybe more would be done with the case. I was hoping to kind of see some more action items, some more investigation going on on the case rather than just kind of looking through the 17 boxes of information that Sheriff Polk had gotten. And when I didn't see that extra level of investigation, it, it kind of made me wonder what the state of the case was. So initially I was really kind of sad to see the case get closed yet again. So one thing that kind of got me excited about this news was that now we'll probably have access to a lot more of the police file that we might not have had before. And then I had also remembered a call with the deputy sheriff at the time of KJ's passing, whose name was Mike Adams. And I had called him about a year ago, right when we started the case to see if he could interview with us. And this guy is extremely interesting because he was one of the first people on the scene. And he was also the cop that handled the dispute between Brian Bell and Kendrick Johnson that happened on the school bus the year previous. The Lowndes County Sheriff's Office incident report, page 56 reads, As students told investigators, Johnson and the younger Bell boy, both varsity football players, had a fight on a school bus on the way to a game the year before. Okay, so we're calling Mike Adams, Lowndes County Sheriff's Deputy. Hello. Hello, is Mike there? That's me. I'm calling because we are doing a documentary series on Kendrick Johnson. Yeah. And we had seen that you had worked on the case. Uh, we were wondering if we could chat with you or what your involvement was to see if you might be a good person to interview for the series. Let's wait till, the case, till they're done with it and everything, and then, then it won't be no problem. Okay, perfect. So if we're still working on this when the case is closed again or, or figured out in some way, you'd be willing to interview yeah, with us? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, yep. awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me, Mike. Absolutely. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. When he told me he couldn't interview with us, I was kind of bummed because it would be really nice to get a firsthand account of what the scene looked like and what was going on on the day that KJ was found. But I also understand that when cases are open and you're previous law enforcement, you can't just talk about the cases that way. So I understood, but I was really bummed because that was our one opportunity to talk to somebody who had actually been on the scene. And now that door is open back up for us. So he was my next call. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. So while I was waiting for a call back from Mike, I was really stunned because all of a sudden I started getting messages and notifications on all my different social media platforms. And all of the messages I was getting had to do with uh, something that Sheriff Polk had done that was really quite startling. The Georgia Sheriff is offering a $500,000 reward for information surrounding the death of Kendrick Johnson. I thought that was really brazen. And I don't know if it was an altruistic thing or if it was to prove a point. Feels like it was done to prove a point to me that this is not a murder and it's an accident and he kind of did this to stick it to everybody. I, I just don't see how the person who closed the case puts up a $500,000 reward 
and actually thinks that information is going to come forward. Obviously, I think, in my opinion, he doesn't believe any information will come forward, and that's he's trying to prove a point. That's the only thing that I really can make sense to me. So I want to include him in this conversation because I don't know if that's accurate. Here it goes. Here, so I was like, nope, you. Um, yes, could I please speak to Ashley Polk? Okay, he is currently out of office. Would you like to leave a message for a callback? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much. So as I was looking for more information on this reward, I came across this statement online. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk, who just last week concluded uh, a second investigation that determined there was no foul play involved, released this statement. At the release of my synopsis of the federal files on the Kendrick Johnson case, uh, his parents have called me a liar and continued to state that Kendrick was murdered. Because of these statements, I am personally, with my own funds, offering a reward of one half million dollars to anyone who comes forward with information that results in the arrest and conviction of a person for the alleged murder of Kendrick Johnson at Lowndes High School. Anyone who provides information will be required to do so in a contact interrogation at Lowndes County Sheriff's Office. I urge anyone, including the family, to add to this reward if they so desire. So after reading the statement, it kind of became quite clear what Sheriff Polk's motives were. So I think now it's really important that I actually talk to him to find out what he's hoping to accomplish by doing what he's doing and what he thinks the end outcome will be. So I continued the weekend in Valdosta after the screening of the film Finding Kendrick Johnson and a good night's rest, I got up bright and early to attend the protest in regards to Kendrick Johnson the next morning. And I'm glad to get to be here for justice for KJ because I've done a lot of tagging, a lot of sharing. But it's good to be tennis shoes on the ground. Mothers, we salute you. Keep on fighting the fight. Protesters walk with a banner that says Kendrick Johnson didn't roll himself up into no mat, followed by many others with more posters demanding more of an investigation and pictures of KJ. Many gather in a group to pray. The march begins. The crowd marches down the streets, posters, t-shirts, banners, and megaphones in hand.
You got the right look. You got Baby Jack and Johnson ain't going nowhere. Nowhere kids and Johnson lives matter. And I'm gonna continue to tell you that every day. They mess around and kill my child at that school right here. They don't even want us on the premises. Cause they know no matter what they do, kids and Johnson blood is on they, they school. You can tear it down with your kids and Johnson blood gonna remain right there. And guess what? His mama gonna keep coming here every year. Everything after they do right, I'm gonna keep coming here. I'm gonna make sure it ain't no more kids and Johnson coming up out of there. And the people think that I'm fighting just the kids and Johnson. Kids are dead and gone. I'm fighting to make sure your child don't get killed in the school. It ain't nothing done about it. I walk this walk and talk this talk, and it ain't even. But I'm gonna keep on walking and I'm gonna keep on talking. I don't care how mad they get with me. I don't like them and they ain't got to like me. Damn them. It's about Kenzie Johnson. As the weekend continued on, there was a gala that was remembering Kendrick Johnson, and then there was also a balloon release that happened at his gravesite. You could just kind of feel the frustration and anger coming from all the people who were attending and how desperately that they wanted answers. I wondered often throughout the weekend if we'd ever know what happened to KJ on January 10th, 2013. Would we ever 100% know the truth? or have an answer that satisfies everybody. This weighed heavy on my mind. The gala was decorated with memories of Kendrick Johnson's life. Many people posed in front of a banner celebrating the life of Kendrick Johnson. At Kendrick Johnson's grave, many decorated his headstone with colorful balloons and released red and black heart-shaped balloons in the air in his honor. So after a weekend in Valdosta, I kind of got back to work on some of the action items that we have going. And it was really cool because we had a little bit of success with one of the action items, which was contacting Dalton Chauncey. We want to talk about his name is Ray Chauncey. And he had come forward with a story. So this is the same year that KJ went missing. On Friday, July 18th, Dalton Chauncey came to the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office and relayed that he had been present during a conversation in which two individuals made admissions that they caused the death of Kendrick Johnson on January 2013. According to the statement given, he only knew the first name of the individuals and that a third person whom he did not know was present and heard these admissions. So in episode nine, we had asked the audience to help us locate Dalton Chauncey so that maybe we could reach out to him and ask him if he still stood by his statement or what his thoughts were. And immediately we got in notifications that led us to his social media pages and we reached out to him. Unfortunately, however, he did not get back to us. Just as we were starting to lose hope, all of a sudden we got another message notification from somebody who had spoken to Dalton Chauncey back and forth on social media and they had all the messages and they wanted to share them with us. 
So to honor that person's privacy, they've asked for their anonymity. And we often keep people anonymous on this show. Uh, the person checked out along with their connection to Dalton Chauncey. We were able to see through their social media profiles and also check out the Dalton Chauncey page he was speaking with. And everything seemed to check out. So I definitely believe that these messages are genuine. So some of these messages can be a little bit difficult to read because they're rather small. So I'm just going to read them aloud so that we're on the same page. So this is Dalton speaking first. Yeah, I tried to help, but I got really fucked because of a five-year felony probation, over 100 hours community service, and a $100,000 fine. Lowndes told me that I was fucking crazy and lying. Till this day, I get threatened, and it's hard to get a job around Valdosta because of it. I did what I thought was right. It's been seven years now, and I don't really like talking about it. So now our anonymous sleuth responds to Dalton with this message. Damn, bro, I'm sorry. I never once thought you was lying. Man, come on, who voluntarily goes to the police and give them fake information? You're an amazing person. Never let no one tell you different, bro. Can you tell me what you heard and I'll leave you alone? Like I said, I know you probably get asked all the time. I just want to see if it matches up with what I heard. And they give you all the trouble like that, probation and shit for calling it a false statement? Now this is Dalton's response. I overheard the kids talking about KJ and how he got what he deserved. That will teach him not to fuck. And then there's a sentence that's very garbled. So I'm just gonna read it how it's stated. With my check some shit like that. So I told my mom and she told me to say something to the cop about what I heard. So I did. My mom asked him what I get in trouble for hearsay. The cop said no. I asked to be anonymous and left it so that a couple weeks go by. And they tell me there's no truth to what I was saying. So I told them, why would I come up here just to tell y'all about a lie I heard? I was just trying to help y'all. Well, I go home. Within a week, the cop has come to my mom's house four times. And then they send out a warrant for me. And they say they arrested me. And they didn't. I turned myself in two weeks in Lowndes and court came and here we are. They put me on 60 second news. Can't even get a job at the Waffle House still. And then here's the response to Dalton. That's fucked up. You remember the kids? I heard someone else hear it too. And then here's Dalton's response. Hell, even though the FBI showed up at my house talking to me and in the next thing you know, I had to go take a test in fucking Atlanta trying to find out I wasn't lying. Then the next thing you know, I still got charged with the stupid ass shit. No, I don't remember their names. I tried to forget it and leave it in the past. Nothing's going to change that I got fucked. And now here is our anonymous sources response to him. I bet you did like I said you had, no reason to lie. You're a great person, bro. Sorry for asking all that, man. I didn't want to overwhelm you or anything. Dalton's response? Yeah, I passed that test and that's all right, man. And then the messages get really hard to read from there. There's just two messages, as you can see. I don't think they say anything further. So I think it's kind of crazy when you read this statement because there's really two ways you can look at this. One is it definitely lends credibility to the conspiracy at large. In the last episode, we discussed how you'd really need to have about eight people right off the bat involved in that conspiracy. And now we have a young man who comes forward and tells what he believes is the truth. 
and the cops try to do their due diligence. It sounds like they had him take a lie detector test. Obviously the messages are a little bit, you know, shorthand. So it seemed like that's what he was saying is that he had to take a lie detector test and he passed. And then he's saying he ends up with the fine and probation and all this other stuff for coming forward. So if that's true and he's telling the truth here, well, my God, that is really saying something about the fact that all the rest of the stuff could be true then. But then on the flip side of that, he has this very horrifying outcome from going to the cops and telling the truth, according to him. And I kind of am shocked that he would then divulge this information to a stranger, to someone who just reached out to him online to try to find out what he knew about this case. How would that benefit him? I mean, if the law already kind of destroyed his life for coming forward with this story, why would you then start to tell strangers? Wouldn't you be quite terrified that they could take even more parts of your life away? Or maybe Dalton wants to talk about this and say what happened to him. If he's telling strangers, I would love to talk to him and see if he still stands by that statement. And if so, what that day kind of looked like when he heard those people speaking so we can have a better idea of who they might have been. Again, we have reached out to Dalton on Facebook, but if anyone has any other ways to reach out to him, I would love to speak to him. One thing I do really find amazing is he is still sticking by that story and he seems to kind of tell the same version of it when he writes this anonymous sleuth that we have. So I think it's really interesting that he's still standing by that story. I have to be honest, I kind of thought after all this time, he might not be willing to stand by that story. So I think it's really interesting that he is still saying that that's the truth, that that's what he heard. So I hope that we can just talk to him face to face and clarify these messages. Hello, is Ashley there? This is Ashley. Oh, hey, Ashley. Ashes to Ash is created by Ash Patino, associate producer Kate Giordano, crew Brie Blankenfeld. Title music is performed and produced by Eight Graves, and the name of the song is Bones. Web design for Ashes to Ash TV was done by Second Melody, secondmelody.com. Subscribe on the website to receive commercial-free content, early access to episodes, uncut interviews, and discounted merchandise. Just go to ashestoashtv.com, A-S-H-E-S-T-O-A-S-H-T-V.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Ashes to Ash True Crime and on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Ashes to Ash TV. If you have a tip, email us at ashland57 at gmail.com, A-S-H-L-A-N-D-5-7 at gmail.com. We can keep you anonymous. If you know of any legal activity regarding this case, please contact your local law enforcement. You could be my own.